0: Warning! The following episode of Orsini's Uncensored Mind contains explicit language and adult content. The thoughts and opinions stated on the show are reflective of AJ Orsini and his guests exclusively. But seriously, guys, the show's called Uncensored. If you got a problem with bad language, I really don't give a shit. Canadian gooses are fucking majestic. They're born leaders. Do you understand that? You got a problem with Canadian Gooses. You got a problem with me, and I suggest you let that marinate. And now your host, AJ Orsini, with Dave. Hi. How the hell is it, everybody out there? I am your boy, your main man, jabs, brother. Exactly, something to the same exact brother. We are your host here, AJ Orsini, and usually, hold on a second, just you need to get your shit together. There you go. Usually I am joined by the one and only Deceived Dave, my brother, Uh, but he's not here tonight. Scheduling conflicts is the official ruling on that. Uh, We didn't have an episode last week uh, because of me, because uh, I was too wrapped up in my own shit, so episode 193 was postponed until this week, and then this week just came down to just plain old, average, run-of-the-mill scheduling conflicts. That's all it really comes down to here. In that form, so uh, I am going to be going with Orsini Classic here tonight. It's just me. Just me and my voice yet again. It's been a long time since I've spoken to my audience directly as opposed to speaking to my audience through a partner. I've had a lot of fun with a partner, so tonight's going to be a little weird and also brief. (laughs) Because when I used to do this show on my own, I used to keep it to the hour. When it's just me, I keep it to the hour. Then, Whenever I have somebody on, uh, but w- in the original format of the show, whenever I had a guest, uh, that usually went about 90 minutes, 2 hours. It really depends. The more people, the longer it got. Obviously, my roundtables are somewhere near the 3-hour mark. Uh, but when it's just me, it's usually about an hour, so we're probably going to do that here tonight. Uh, I wanted to get an episode, and I didn't want to skip it. Uh, I You know, it's all it's hilarious. I would have skipped this one had I not skipped last week, because I feel bad. I don't want to do this without Dave. Uh, he's been a mainstay on the show since October. He's He brings a lot to the program. It's nice having someone to have a back and forth with. Uh, I kind of got accustomed to it, used to it, so this is going to be interesting. It's been a while since I've sat at this table and uh, pulled the old equipment out and just decided to speak into a microphone in my own thoughts. It's been a minute, uh, but we're going to try to get into it uh, here. Since I don't have Dave here, one of the uh, cons, I guess, to having a partner is I'm so interested and wrapped up in the conversation and so excited to have someone across the table from me that I'm talking to uh, that sometimes I forget. I got shit for sale, yo. I haven't plugged my fucking shirt in forever. I've, I've sold a few. So I guess, you know, shit sells itself when necessary. But I haven't actually plugged it in a goddamn minute. I'm trying to get some new shit done, by the way. As far as design goes for the uh, for the old webpage there, Pro Wrestling Tees, of course, is where uh, I have most of my stuff. I don't know how much longer I'm going to be on Pro Wrestling Tees. There's some stuff in the works. Uh, I know I say that a lot on this show because there's always shit in the works. It's just a matter of having enough time to actually complete what I need to do. Uh, but th- for right now, ProWrestlingTees.com backslash A-J-O-U-M, there's two designs there, the original, the classic Orsini's Uncensored Mind logo is available there, and then the comic book uh, image, the deep, bright blue, uh, my favorite shirt, I, I, I like the, the original logo, I do, it, it was the first, it's my baby, but that comic book one is dope. Uh, and you can look dope wearing it. So go check it out, of course, prowrestlingtees.com, backslash A-G-O-U-M. A-J, excuse me, O-U-M. I, that sounded like a G, so I changed it to J. A-J-O-U-M. Uh, if you're not in the place to get it right now, hold off because Pro Wrestling Tees usually tends to have a lot of sales. They have a lot of sales on that website. So I usually tell people, because I do the same, I support a lot of my friends. And I buy their merch through Pro Wrestling Tees a lot, but I usually wait till the sale hits. They usually have, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20, 30 percent. It it really ranges, so you can hold off for that. What are we at now? June, so we're probably looking at a July 4th sale coming up. So if you guys want to hold off till July 4th, you're more than welcome to do that. Uh, as far as the social media platforms, you guys already know all those thingamabobs are at every... The bottom... Not the bottom. Somewhere in the middle of every description of everything I ever fucking release is all the information there. We've got some exclusive clips that we're going to be putting out on YouTube soon. I've started clipping away on that. So that's going to be a whole lot of fun. But you got some stuff going on. I've been busy. Sorry. Uh, and I don't know if I've mentioned this because we do have some new listeners recently. Um... This show, even with my brother on it, is 100% ran, produced, hosted, written, all the creative, almost everything that happens on this show... Uh, the platform that it's released on, the different platforms that it goes off on, like iTunes and Google Play Music and uh, Pandora now and all, and Spotify and all these different things, all came from my fucking hand. Um, this is a handcrafted show, top to bottom. It actually took me three years to get a fucking co-host on it. Uh, up until that point, literally, this whole thing was 100% me. So it's it. I don't know if there anybody out there has ever tried an an endeavor like this. It can be very frustrating, Um, and it was a very I was very very close recently to just flat out taking a hiatus because it start like to do this every week is very very hard, and I've been doing it every week for. Three and a half now, right? Even more so. We're gonna be we're a couple of couple of months away from October, about four months away from October. So about three and three quarters of the way to a fourth year of doing this on a weekly basis. It's not easy to do, and I've I've missed a week here or there, maybe two or three times throughout the course of like I just said, almost four years. Uh, last week being one of the three. Uh, so. You know, for a split second there, I was very close to taking to, to deciding on whether or not I should take a hiatus from the show, just to freshen up, just to take a break for a little bit and not have to worry about it, spend some more time with the fam, do some things, because between school and work, my workload is ridiculous. It's early morning a.m., late a.m., you know, continuous vicious circle shit. A lot of work, a lot of work, just day in and day out and it's a very thin balance to doing the things that i want to do and doing the things that i have to do and it's it's it could be very taxing and not for nothing it could be very very stressful of the fact that there's a lot of times that i want to do more of this or more of the other stuff and i just don't have the time to fucking do it uh Good on the good note. A lot of the reason why I don't have the time and why it gets so stressful is because the added additional stress of school. I've been going to school uh, part time now for about seven years. Uh, on and, not even on and off. Consistently, every semester I've been going. I'm just saying on and off as far as scheduling. Uh, I, I've, you know, I've, I've humble. I'm humble bragged about it on the show a few times. You know, uh, classes, work, parenting, husbanding, all kinds of shit. Uh, But it's coming to a very close end here. I'm currently enrolled in two classes that are basically sports classes, softball and soccer. Uh, So not exactly the most taxing things. And then I'm supposed to be student teaching in the fall, which is only going to be for 40 days. Not even the whole semester, just 40 days. And and then that's it. And and the college thing, as far as the bachelor's goes, uh, it's over. After this, I do have to go for my master's at some point, but we're kind of up in the air as to whether or not we want to take a little bit of a break since, again, I just mentioned seven consecutive part-time years going to school. So we're, we're debating what we should do here, keep the momentum going or legitimately take a break. I'm leaning on taking a break at this point because, I don't know, I'm fried at this point. I'm super fried, and I don't know if you can hear that hear in my voice right now, I'm tired of shit, but uh, we press on, and we move on, and uh, you keep, keep grinding, which is what I'm doing, that's it, I just, there's nothing really unique or special about it, you know, you just gotta keep grinding, you gotta keep doing it, and that's it, you know, keep pushing yourself to get to where you wanna be, this degree is gonna take me to places I never thought that I was gonna be able to go. So, in order to achieve that, you just got to keep pushing, which is what I've been doing. So, uh, we're coming to an end of that. I started this podcast 2017. I opened up the Podbean account that these episodes go on in class. (laughs) It was astronomy class, summer of 2000, I want to say 17 or something like that. Somewhere around that time. And, uh, yeah, so this has been a long fucking journey. A long, long fucking journey, you know, and I'm, I'm kind of happy we're coming to an end to it because I just need to get the fuck away from it for a little bit and be able to be less stressed and, and have to worry about, you know, the thing just the, just the, I just want to worry about the things that I'm supposed to be worrying about. And then that's it. You know, my my family life is not that stressful. My work life, as crazy as it may sound, is not really as stressful the a lot of the stress the most stress comes from that fucking school shit it really does it just gets in the way of fucking everything so with that off the table we'll we'll see how that fucking works itself out so i'm i'm excited as shit to see what my life is going to look like with the degree in hand and not having to worry about you know assignments and quizzes and exams and shit for a while that's going to be super hella dope uh, my brother, Deceived Dave, co host of this show, is also going through a bit of a transition himself. Uh, I, when we get him back on the show next week, maybe he can go a little bit more into detail on what that is, but he's been working himself to the fucking bone, uh, which is a big reason why he's not on the show tonight, uh, scheduling wise. I mean, he's been on call for his job pretty much nonstop. Uh, I want to say close to two. I don't even know if he's had a day off in the two weeks. If he did, I think he might have went in even on those days. Like, he's he's caking up right now. He's trying to put some money aside for something pretty big. So, I'll let him explain more on that when he comes back. But, uh, you know, it's it's nothing. There's no ill will here. There's there's no illness. No nothing going on. He, he's probably, as we speak, as I'm recording this, At work. (laughs) So, uh, you know, we'll see him next week or we'll listen to him next week. Uh, This is episode 193. So we're also inching ever so closely to episode 200, which I counted the days now that uh, we skipped the week, actually. So it looks like if I pull this up now, we got 94. And then we can push this button. Uh, 95, 96, 97, 98, 99, and then I'm gonna go here to August 7th. So, what looks like August 7th may be the 200th episode, which is hilarious because two months after that will be the four year anniversary. So, how about that? So, I don't know. Uh, hopefully, between now and August, with this lighter schedule. And uh, there's going to be a lot of vacation time in the House of O coming up very, very, very soon. Like, very soon. <laughs> so my mood may be completely different in the coming weeks. But right now, i got to tell you, I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to shoot straight with the, with the squad of O here. Uh, I'm burnt. I'm burnt. I, I'm not going to lie. I'm in a deep, deep, deep fucking hole. A, a giant fucking hole of stress right now as we speak uh i cannot explain to you in in plain english terms how deep into the stress hole i really am but i do see the light at the end of this tunnel here so i i i know i'm gonna be better soon i know and i almost did it again today uh you know not recording not not taking responsibility for something that i actually enjoyed, once upon a time, doing very, 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 very much. And uh, I think there's a piece in me that's just trying to get that back. Uh, this is... I'm not saying I'm going on hiatus. I'm just saying that it it came up. It, it's been a conversation for long uh, two, three weeks now. And, uh, well, let's get into it, actually, because I'm going to talk about it on the show toward the end, but fuck it, I think in Transition's... Perfectly into what I'm talking about now. A lot of the reason why, I've, you know, because I've been pushing, right? You're probably hearing this story and you're saying, well, you know, what's kept you going this far? If you've been doing it for this long and just now the wheels are really starting to fall apart, like what the hell is causing all of this? And I think one of the biggest reasons, and this is going to sound really fucking stupid, I'm sure, because, you know, me, myself, as a performer, I'm back on the road. I'm managing now, and I'm having a ton of fucking fun doing that with the guys, Max Mercy and Savage Sam, the Blood Brothers. I'm having a good time doing that. I'm getting a chance to play an actual character and and cut some actual promos with some actual meaning in them, and and it's been a load of fun. So so when I'm when I say what I'm about to say, it's probably going to sound stupid and probably not going to make any sense, but it is where my fucking heart is. And one of the topics I want to talk about I have it written here the state of professional wrestling I can't fucking stand it I can't fucking stand it let, let me start at the lower end of this first of all because I'm an independent you know I'm an independent you know performer I work in independent wrestling obviously and the very basis of independent pro wrestling is is, is, is you're a, you're an entrepreneur all on your own you're a self-made businessman. Right The idea is is that you're selling your services to people, right and and that's fine, but the kind of services that are being purchased is what bothers me. And when the mainstream wrestling scene starts to reflect what the what they're basically doing on the Indies, it becomes even more just gut-wrenching because I'm going to be completely honest with everybody, which I usually am, and I'm just not interested in any of this shit. I I don't know how many times. uh, One of my, one of the people that pitches the most shit to me for my show, because I get shit from people all the time. You know, people who are either fans of the show or friends of mine or even some family, you know, Dave will pitch some shit. No one pitches more shit to me than than my wife misses O. She pitches shit to me all the time. And she's just a pitch machine. She just keeps pitching ideas, da, da da da. And, you know, nine times out of ten she's got some good ones. It's just I don't give a fuck about any of this shit going on. I don't fucking care about any of it. I don't care a whole lot about the people. I don't care about the minimal, minimal effort that it has the minimal effort that people are putting into even creating storylines, or creating anything relatable to audiences on any fucking level at all. Okay, I work in indie wrestling. I hate indie wrestling. I just do. I just do. There's so there. Are, there are a lot of good promoters out there. There are a lot of good shows out there. Like companies that put on good shows. Right. I'm not gonna say that it's all bad. Obviously, I work for. A lot of people that do some really cool shit, you know, but for the most part, if you just skim through some of the social media websites for some of these wrestling companies that are out there, there's a lot of garbage wrestling out there, just garbage, garbage promoters who book their garbage friends to have garbage matches in front of garbage audience members who don't know any fucking better, and it's just a continuous fucking thing. I don't I don't enjoy indie wrestling and I'm in indie wrestling which is just the saddest fucking thing ever. And as you go through the tiers as you go up further and further and further
1: I just
0: I, these are the higher up the totem pole you go the more interested I'm supposed to be because the higher up the totem pole you get the more professional, the more polished, the more experienced some of these performers are supposed to be. And I just feel right now as we move up the ranks, and I'm not going to sit here and say that somebody is bad at what they do or good at what they do. It's not my place to say how anyone on WWE or Impact Ring of Honor or New Japan or anything, it's not my place to say how, if any of them are good or bad or sucks or whatever the fuck. I just don't care. Not invested in any of them, any fucking body, well, let me not say anybody, there's a few, like, maybe a handful of people, Uh, but the fact that it's only a handful kind of ruins it, because once I see the piece of the show that I'm interested in, I, I don't pay attention to the rest of it, I just don't. My wife tells me all the time, I haven't seen wrestling in forever. Well, she says, I haven't seen wrestling in forever because every time you put it on, you fast-forward through most of it. Right, because I don't care. I don't care. The more you start at the top, the WWE, cookie-cutter promos, that don't mean anything, that don't go anywhere, that nobody cares about, that nobody in the ring is feeling, thus nobody in the audience is feeling. Same thing down the line, AEW, how many times have we said it with my brother? Great players, shitty coaching. All over the map, nothing makes any sense, nothing connects. Short term, long term, whatever you wanna you want what however you wanna look at it. I just I can't keep an eye on it. I can't follow it. Week to week it doesn't make any fucking sense. Some of these matches are the same thing over and over and over and over again. Okay, it's just repetitive bullshit. And it just goes down the line. Ring of Honor is fantastic. I I probably get more into Ring of Honor now than anything else. But I can't keep track of it. Uh, I, don't, I don't have the time to sit there on Fight. You know, like Raw and SmackDown, I can't sit through. But at least I can set my DVR and get to it when I want to get to it. I know Fight has it pre-saved. And you could just go back to the archives or whatever. But I just... I just can't bring myself to fucking do it. It's the same thing with New Japan. New Japan, I can't really follow up on. I just don't have the time to do it. So we don't really talk about it that much. Impact is a joke. Impact is a joke. There's no other real way to just say it. It it is what it is. It's a a good promotion for good wrestlers who are going to be good at whatever it is that they do goodly. That's it. You're either into it or you're not. There's still a lot of people who are really into impact wrestling, and that's fine. You can go ahead and you can do that. That's fine. There's no shame in it. I can't sit through it. I can't. I, I, I can't. And this has been don't. I, and, and I know people are gonna probably say, hey, you know, you've been pretty much down on it since the pandemic hit and the audience left. Well, AEW got the audience back, and I'm not really feeling that much different about the goddamn product and WWE is coming up. We're about a month away from full time. Okay, audiences are going to be back in the buildings and they're going back on the road. And I do not foresee my opinion changing at all. I tried. Actually, someone brought it to my attention. They said, "Hey, oh, uh in your house this Sunday, right? NXT in your house." And I was like, oh, cuz the last the In Your House from last year, I get it, right? It was a pandemic deal, no audience, it was a ratings grab, come check out the nostalgia of In Your House, I got it. I didn't need a second one. The first one wasn't all that hot. So, you know, I, I didn't have shows to do, I guess, and they were like, hey, you gonna check it out? And I don't really have a reason not to, so I, I put it on. So I said, okay, I'm going to put you in your house. And I watched And the first thing they give me is some lady singing. Okay. Well, what was it? Naomi Fox. I think her name was. We were trying to Google it. We was like, who the fuck is this? Why the fuck are you on my TV? I don't know. I was irritated already. Out of the gun, I was irritated. Then they had the six-man tag to open up the card. Believe it or not... This is gonna be. This is painful to say out loud, but they got me. They got me, and they got Mrs. O. We were like, "Oh, all right. This is not a bad opener. It's cool. It's all right." You know, they did some things, and this was one of the first times uh, she had a chance to see um, Bronson Reed. Impressive, right? Okay, we, we did okay there. Then we got to and Mercedes. And I like both of these ladies. I do. And I like both of them as performers. This one was losing me fast. And I was like, alright. And then that bullshit at the end with the mysterious lady and the... Uh, and then Mercedes got to do the acting thing. And then it's like, oh, okay, alright. Now granted, I actually want to see L.A. Night. And Cameron Gaines in the latter match. I did not get a chance to see it. Had something I had to take care of, so I was kind of in and out of the room. I didn't really get a chance to see all of it, so I won't shit on it because I just I didn't get a chance to see all of it. But I did get a chance to see Raquel and Ember, and I was done. I turned it off because I just I just can't. The six man tag to open the show: Lee Mercedes. The only match that I saw, uh, let's see, one, two, kind of three, Knight and Grimes, but not really. We'll say three and a half, right, with Raquel and number. These are your big matches on the card. The only thing that was left was the main event. These are are three very important matches on your card. No buildup. No nothing. No, this is why we're here. This is how we got here. The six-man tag was just, it just happened. Now, I know in the weeks leading up to this match, shit went down. I had to, I actually explained what little bit I knew to my wife because she was wondering, are they all a stable? Like, there's one stable. She figured that one out. But the other ones were like, are they a stable? Who are these guys? And since no one on the commentary team is telling anybody who any of these people are, I took the time. But that's my point. Nothing building up to it. Xia and Mercedes, okay? They've been beating the shit out of each other for weeks. The only video they played before this was a clip of Mercedes beating Xia in the Mayan Classic like four years ago. Why does that matter? No one fucking knows. Knight and Grimes had a video package, It was about four minutes long, and about three of it was about the fucking belt. Had nothing to do with Knight. Had nothing to do with Grimes. That one little minute of just them shooting witty comments back and forth at each other. No description on LA Knight's character as to why he would benefit from winning this match. Cameron Gimes, who has more to gain than Knight does in this. Nothing on that. Just no build-up, just nothing that's gonna lend you into giving a shit or even caring as to why these matches are taking place. And when they didn't do it for Raquel and Ember, I just, listen, I just lost my shit, and I just said, fuck this! And the match was going on, and I just went, okay, no mas. And I, I just, I don't care. And before anyone says it, oh my god, he turned it off right before that main event. That main event, was Carrying Cross, Kyle O'Reilly, Adam Cole, Johnny Gargano, and Pete Dunne. Take Cross out of that for a second. All four of those motherfuckers are going to do the same bullshit they do every fucking match. Kyle O'Reilly's going to do some MMA shit he saw on TV the other day. Adam Cole is going to do something where he outwits everyone because he's so goddamn smart. Gargano was going to do some unrealistic spotty shit and then do the stairway cell. And Pete Dunne will beat the fuck out of everybody in a stiff fashion and hair flip and stare into the camera with those cold dead eyes. Wing, bang, thank you, ma'am, I'm good. If you've seen one of them, you've seen all of them, it's all the same shit. You throw carrying Cross into there and it's just a big guy doing big guy shit. I went back, I think it was on YouTube. Because I think somebody, like, it was not, not somebody. It's like it might recommend it or whatever. And I literally saw Cross take turns. They, they all took turns bumping around for Cross. First this guy, then that guy, then this guy. And went, oh, there you go. Exactly what I thought was going to happen. Cross would dominate early because he's the big guy and he's going to throw people around. They'll figure him out, get him out of the ring and some stupid shenanigans, and then they'll get a chance to do all their spotty shit. And everyone will be happy. And I'm sure it was a fucking blast. And I knew for a fact Karrion Cross was not gonna lose the championship because why the fuck would he? They were in such a rush to get it right back fucking at him. There's no fucking way. You could have had a twelve man what is that what they call this one a five way match? You could have had a twelve way match, it wouldn't have mattered. It wouldn't have mattered. Everyone and their fucking mother knew that it wasn't it, what the title wasn't gonna fucking change hands. It just wasn't. And thus, I didn't give a shit. And and it's not just an in-your-house thing. It's not an NXT thing. It's an all-encompassing thing. I don't care about any of this. As I'm recording this, Hell in a Cell is tomorrow. I don't fucking care. There's not a fucking match on that card I give two shits about. At all. Let's pull it up. Because I saw the card earlier and I was like, I don't fucking care. Here it is again, right here in front of me. Look at this. Cesaro and Rollins, which I told you guys at Mania. It was a match. That's it. And Cesaro spent more time feuding with Roman than he did Seth leading up to this. So even if they do put a package together, it's going to be a short-lived one. Owens and Zayn, which no longer has the thrill that it once had after their match at WrestleMania. Bliss and Baszler. Okay. Bianca and Bailey, this one's inside the Hell in a Cell, so that's interesting to a degree. Uh, we found out at the last Hell in a Cell women's match that Bailey apparently is an incredible Hell in a Cell performer. Better than all the other ladies, so this one should be interesting. Rhea Ripley and Charlotte for the Raw Women's Championship. And Bobby Lashley and Drew McIntyre, last chance Hell in a Cell match, last chance for Drew McIntyre. So six matches, three of them are women, so that's cool, three and three there. Uh, and I'm actually interested in a, I'm interested to a degree in Ripley and Charlotte. I think that one's going to be interesting. In Bianca and Bailey, again, I've seen Bailey inside the cell, and and it, it's pretty cool. And uh, I'm going to be honest with you. I think that's it. Lashley and McIntyre might have a good match. They had one at Mania. They had a good match at Mania. This one's in uh, the cell. And actually, there's one match that's not here in front of me, but I'm pretty sure it got made official. I think Roman Reigns and Dominic is taking place. This Sunday, I believe. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think I think Reigns and Dominic is taking place. Which, you might as well just throw that one away too. If, you, if the five way it in your house was a giveaway, come on. There's no chance in hell if you're putting the belt on, on Dominic. And, it, and even if they did it as a swerve, it would just be the most ridiculous fucking move of all time. Just of all time. It would just be one of the dumbest things that they did. But that's my point to this. I don't give a fuck about any of this. Anything at all. Switch it up. Switch it up. Let's be fair. Hold on a second. Let's go to the other one. Let me see if I can pull it up. Real quick. While I'm here. Here it is. Cantonsville? Really? Interesting. Cantonsville, Maryland. Why is... Why is that ringing the bell? It happens in July. Okay, so Ring of Honor is having best in the world live in front of audiences, right? And uh, this will be their first show in front of an audience and they've got a lot of things coming out. This is what I mean by me really being now probably more into Ring of Honor now than probably anyone else. Jay Lethal Brody King. I promise you that's going to have build up. That's the one thing Ring of Honor does the best. Josh Woods versus Silas Young, last man standing. Two, the, the the teacher and the student colliding in a, in a blow-off match. EC3, Flip Gordon, one-on-one. They've got like another month before they have to get into the actual show, so they're going to make more matches. But I mean, so far, that alone, these three matches all have build-up. All have a story. All have a purpose. I wish this fucking program was on TV. I wish, I wish, but that's one of the big things for me, it's part of the reasons why I just don't give a fuck about literally anything anymore, because no one else gives a shit, no one else gives a shit, no one else is putting the time and the effort in to create any kind of relatable, interesting story behind it, they don't fucking care, so I don't fucking care. So if my energy level is low when it comes to discuss topic of discussion for pro wrestling, now you're probably going to give the idea as to why that fucking is. Because I don't fucking care. And speaking of not fucking caring, this is coming off like an angry episode. It really isn't. It's more of a frustrated episode because I just... you got to understand how things work, right? If you're a fan of something, it's very hard... To break the habit of keeping an open mind on things because as a fan, fan is short for what? Fanatic. Fans are routine based. You fuck with their routine or even worse, you even suggest that something they enjoy is no fucking good. Boy, you better be ready to face the wrath, right? So they just went through a whole litany and they being the WWE ran through a whole litany of releases. They did it in spots, right? It was like different sections of weeks where they were just releasing four here, five here, six here, yada, yada, yada. And in the midst of all of this salary shedding, I guess you could say, for some oddball reason, they bring in Eva Marie. And the only reason why I say oddball reason is just because of the timing. I I know why they brought in Eva Marie. And the fact that everyone keeps posting on social media. Why would they bring her back? Why not? Why not? I don't understand where the fucking confusion is. Why would they not bring this woman back? First of all, the obvious thing. She looks exactly the way they want their fucking women to look. Just like that. Top to bottom, statuesque, not a single percentage of body fat. I mean, just pure 100% perfection. Now, you're going to turn that around, and you're going to say, well, she can't wrestle. This is where you start to fucking lose people. Folks, I'm going to say it to you again. I say it to you all the time on this show. Still not getting it. So I'll say it again. If you want to watch wrestling, the WWE is not the place to get your fucking wrestling. I tell you this all the fucking time. They don't give a shit about the wrestling aspect of wrestling. They don't. They are, in their minds, they are an entertainment company that just happens to have physicality involved. That is it. They're not looking for five-star batches. They're not looking for world-class grapplers. None of that shit. They don't fucking care. They want who is going to put butts in seats. And Eva Marie has quite an online following. She trends. She's huge on the social media. million followers on Instagram. I'm looking at it right now. Because I'm one of them. Right? She gets fucking attention. And for all of your favorites who do the best wrestling ever of all time, they don't get the fucking attention that she does. So they're going to lose that fucking argument every fucking time. Every time. It's not a hard fucking decision to make. You want to be the best wrestler in the world? Head over to New Japan. Head over to AEW. Head over to anywhere else that you can wrestle at. If you want to get paid a big amount of money to do some sports entertaining inside of a ring, WWE is the place you want to be. It really isn't that hard of a situation to figure out. Why would they hire Eva Marie back? Because she gets fucking attention. Attention, your problem with the scenario is is that she's getting the wrong kind of attention, because she's getting the attention of people who aren't wrestling fans. And that bothers you. And to a degree, I get it, but it's a business. It will always be a business first. Your fandom will always come second. That's just life. That's just ev- That's every business. That's every business. No business wants to alienate their fan base. But if they have the time of the type of fan base that will stay there no matter what they do, make the most money out of the situation. And that's their pretty much that's pretty much their fucking mantra. They're going to do the WWE is going to do whatever it wants to do because it can. Because none of you are going to fucking do anything about it. You'll bitch about it online, you'll hashtag, you'll keep it trending. You keep them you keep them in business with this shit, and then they go and they just do whatever it is they want to do, because you you don't you're not gonna do a fucking thing about it. Nothing. You can say you will. You can you can tell people I've I've canceled my subscription. Okay. Did a million people cancel the subscription, or did a hundred? If a hundred people. Cancel their subscriptions right fucking now. Do you think they would fucking blink? I don't think so. I don't think they would fucking blink. I don't think they would look twice. At all. I don't think they would care. Because it's always big picture. It's not small. It's always big picture. Big picture. Which leads me to another piece. (laughs) extending off of Eva Marie. Eva Marie debuted on Raw. Not too long ago. What, this past week, right? Or did I miss that? Was it? No, not this past Monday. But the Monday before that. We skipped a week. So it happened last time. And she came out to wrestle Naomi. That was going to be the big debut match. She's going to wrestle Naomi, which is another issue people had. Dude, why is she wrestling Naomi? We'll get to Naomi in a second. Eva Marie comes out, but at about... seconds after the fact, Piper Nevin from the NXT UK brand, who apparently is now officially being called up, also came out with Eva. And then Piper walks past Eva and into the ring. And with no explanation at all whatsoever, even the commentators could not come up with a fucking reason why. Out of the fucking blue. Instead of Eva Wrestling, it was Piper taking her place. As I said two seconds ago, folks, none of this shit makes any sense, so I don't fucking care. But, for me, that was the beginning and that was the end of it. Piper comes in, gets the big win in Naomi, right? Gets some attention on Eva Marie. Good job, good sell job, right? Oh, Apparently wrong. Apparently people were up in arms, pissed off and then people wonder why they brought Eva Marie back Eva Marie didn't even throw one fucking punch didn't take one fucking bump and all you could do the only thing about raw that I heard about was Eva Marie so you guys kind of validated her existence but I digress Let's get into what actually pissed you off. First and foremost. She beat Naomi, And? She's a former two-time women's champion. And? That's the point. She beat a credible competitor. And now will be seen as a credible competitor. That's kind of how that works. If you're worried about the aspect of some unknown... Defeating Naomi in a debut match. Being a negative connotation toward Naomi. I don't think the WWE is worried about that. Thus, I don't think you need to be worried about that. Unless you're just this huge uber Naomi fan. Which I can understand your frustration then. But uh, that's not too many of those. To be honest with you. Listen, Naomi is a, a great competitor. But she's not one of the. She's never been considered one of the top elite women's wrestlers on the fucking planet. That's not really what her fucking job is at all. She's much improved over the years, for sure. And, you know, I, keep, I hear so much about this athleticism she's got. Oh, what an athlete Naomi is. And it's true, she is very athletic. But she was never the best fucking wrestler anyway. So, I mean, she and she's another one. She's been in there for so fucking long. She really is. I want to say she's Teflon, but that's not a loss that's going to kill fucking Naomi. Especially, I love the counterpoint argument that people give themselves. You know, everyone was mad that the announcers didn't even say her name. They disrespected her because she's such a great competitor. Oh, she's such a great wrestler. She deserves better. Okay, well when this great wrestler went out there and won an impressive match, defeating a former world champion, all of a sudden she's not good enough for that. What? You can't be half pregnant. She's either a really good wrestler that they should be focusing on and giving attention to and is worthy of competing against someone like Naomi, or she's a piece of shit no name nobody, in which case they did exactly what they were supposed to do. Which one is it? That was another problem people had. Well, How come they didn't even say her name? The the announcers are acting like she's some schoolgirl, like they don't even know who the fuck she is. Meanwhile, she's been on NXT UK for several years now. Who gives a shit? Who fucking cares that she was on NXT UK? Nobody fucking cares. I get it. The people, because I've been told, oh, it's under the WWE umbrella. Let's understand this clear as day here and now. NXT UK's only purpose, its only reason for existing, was to kill a territory. That's it. The UK got hot, big time hot. Okay, the UK scene for a little while, fucking got over in a big fucking way. The UK wrestling scene was smoking hot. Okay. And as per usual with WWE, when something gets that hot, you got to put the kibosh on that. And that's exactly what they did. They offered a bunch of the promoters a shit ton of money and an opportunity to get exposure on the network. And all these fucking people who were looking for a fantastic payday, as well they should be. Because again, that's the name of the game. Business. They made business decisions that benefited them and their families and it was the smartest thing they ever did. But let's be honest, it killed the territory. And whatever the WWE did or the WWE network did, the speaking out movement finished it off. So from what I understand from people who live there and experienced that movement firsthand, that territory, that territory, excuse me, is fucking dead. That was its purpose. They don't give a fuck about NXT. Are you fucking kidding me? You really think that people high in ranking here in WWE give two fucking drips of monkey piss about fucking NXT UK? Fuck NXT UK. They don't fucking care. They don't fucking care. What about that presentation gives you the idea that they fucking care? They treat NXT UK like it's the developmental for the developmental, when the grizzled young veterans, or when Tony Storm, or when Rhea Ripley, and all these, all these competitors moved from NXT UK to NXT, it was almost considered a call up. They don't fucking care about NXT UK. This was an opportunity to get a brand new talent on television that not a lot of people have been exposed to because unlike NXT. Where they expose their talents on the USA Network every fucking week, NXT UK is just still, and it's uh, uh, it's I'm gonna say NXT. I mean, excuse me, WWE Network, but they're on Peacock now. But it's it's basically still constricted to the fucking streaming site. You gotta go fucking looking for it. Which was another thing that I laughed about. What happens if they do call her Piper Nevin, right? Oh, that's NXT UK's Piper Nevin. Do you really believe anybody? Who watches Raw and Smackdown is going to all of a sudden just fucking Google or fucking pull up Peacock and go check out NXT UK to see what this chick's all about? No. They don't give a fuck. Tell me about her now. Now she's here. She's in front of my fucking face. She's on my TV. Tell me about her here. Tell me what I need to know about this individual and her fucking character right fucking now. I'm not going back to check shit out. Just tell it to me now. That's how fucking people are. That's the reality of it. They don't give a fuck. Like somebody on the was what's it? So uh, was it James Branch, I think it was. One of the comments on my fucking thing. But they were like, Yeah, I always, I also found it disturbing when Kane went unmasked and they didn't let everybody know, oh my god, is that an Isaac Yankum DDS? They didn't compare the two because they didn't give a fuck about the first. Yes, she was Piper and Evan on fucking NXT UK. She's been repackaged. She's something else now. That's it. You guys always lose your minds when they change names. Tommy N became fucking Aleister Black. <laughs> Prince Devitt becomes Finn Balor. <laughs> And then time goes on and none of you motherfuckers give a shit about the name anymore. So stop. Talented people always survive above the fucking brand. That's what talent is for. It's what it does. A a good name, yes, will take you a long way. A good theme, a good gimmick, sure, they will help. But talent... Talent will always fucking win. Always. That's what I was telling people before about Keith Lee. And people were, oh my god, he's wearing a skirt. I can't take him seriously as a world champion now. All that amazing shit he does, and because he wears a skirt, you can't... You're not a fan, bro. You're not a fan, bro. You're not. No. you, you, You just... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck that is. You can't take him... All that shit that he does on a daily basis, you can't take him credible as a champion because of that. I'm not even going to go down the Keith Lee rabbit hole right now because I tried to tell you motherfuckers before any of this shit even went down about how amazing Keith Lee is. And he is. Don't let that tone I just gave you feel like I'm disrespecting him. He is an amazing, phenomenal performer. But he's good at what he does. What he does does not jive there. I know he keeps teasing. He's gonna, he's gonna let people in and let them know what's going on with him and his situation in WWE. I, I really don't need him to tell me anything. To be honest with you, just keep it to yourself, bro. You don't need to let any of these people know what's going on. Handle your business, bro. We'll, we'll find out when we find out. I won't stress about it because I'm telling you right now, these people, whatever you say. These people are going to twist it anyway. That's what fucking happens in this industry. These fans, they twist it. Aleister Black, Tommy Ann, whatever you want to call him, he goes on his wife's Twitch. It does nothing but speak goodwill toward the WWE, and everyone still killed it. Nah, he's just just hoping he's going to get re-signed. That's what it is. No, it's not. He's grateful. He's grateful for the opportunity that he got to ply his trade on a tremendous stage. A, 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 a An opportunity that will now afford him more money on the indie scene or wherever he winds up negotiating to go. More exposure, a bigger fan base, not only for him, but for his wife. If he would have just been the only one in the WWE, it still would have benefited his wife. It just happens to be a bonus that she's got her own. Her own thing going. She's got her own fan base going and all that, you know, all all that interest in her career. All, all you know, again, the WWE. It's what it is. It's why the people go. You always ask the question, Well, all these great wrestlers, why do they go to the WWE? They're just going to be misused. It doesn't matter how you used. Yeah, sure. After spending a lot of time there and a lot of energy there, you want to see your work mean something. So after a while, yes, you're like, all right, I, I really want to do a great story or have a great gimmick or have a great match or a memorable moment. Yeah, you want to make it worth your while, but in the initial stages, when because people always say, well, why do these guys even go? Well, during that beginning portion of the thought process, it usually ends up being because... Of that exposure. About what's going to happen here. I'm going to be looked at as a WWE superstar. (laughs) Do you understand what happens to your business? I said it earlier. That uh, an independent worker is an entrepreneur. You're kind of a self-made businessman. Can you imagine the kind of great business. That comes. With being a former WWE superstar. It's why everybody eventually just swallows their pride. And does it. Because it's going to benefit you. Hardcore. In a big fucking way. And these people. It's, it's hard for these people to fucking resist that opportunity. It's hard. But yeah. So you know. Eva Marie, Piper Nevin. That's the scenario with that. I'm telling you guys. You'll do. You'll fare a lot better. And you'll be less stressed. Once you start understanding. What all this really means. I, You know I keep being told every day. You know. Kayfabe is dead. Kayfabe is dead. I don't know about that. Keep telling you folks. I don't know about that. Because people keep biting on these basic average run of the mill thought processes. A lot of this stuff ain't fucking hard. You're just too much of a mark to fucking see it. Because everybody lives in their own fucking bubble. How many times have you seen it on your social media? If I don't like it, the world doesn't like it. False. Bullshit. Stop. I had a conversation with somebody on Facebook the other day about that. They just don't fucking get it. They don't understand it. The thought process of thinking outside of your bubble. Getting past the point of, I don't like this, so the world doesn't like it either. Somebody posted up about the WWE product being shit. And the fact that he he was telling people, we should all just stop. If we all stopped, they would fix it. And he's not wrong. He's absolutely right. If everyone stopped, if they lost everybody, on the, if everybody was on the same page and they just stopped doing it, there would be some major changes. But here's why it's never going to happen. Somewhere, somebody enjoys this shit. And they're not going to fucking stop watching it because they're enjoying what they're fucking seeing. And that was the point. I commented on that post and I said the fact that nobody has done this yet, the fact that we as a people and a society have not banded together on this yet is just more evidence that not everybody fucking hates it. Could it be that the reason why they don't change shit up is because it's not as bad as people say it is? And you can imagine what kind of feedback I got on that, which I don't care about. I didn't even respond to it, to be honest with you, because it's not my... I don't I don't have time for that in my life. But the fact that they even got angry about it it just proves my fucking point. All it really does is prove my point. They can't see past their own bullshit to truly understand what it is they're fucking looking at. The WWE product people say it's such a shitty product. Is such a shitty product. It's so bad. Okay? But they're having back-to-back profitable years. So guess what, folks? If you think this sh- wrestling right now is shitty, buckle up. Because it ain't getting any fucking better. I saw something earlier, literally before I went on the air, about Fox and USA getting on WWE, about changing certain aspects of the program. Something, Something about a fucking point system and... A tie-in with NASCAR. And I, all I kept thinking to myself is this business is going to fucking die. Be, I think it's going to die before I fucking... I think I'm going to get a chance to witness it's death. A lot of fathers grow up. Well, let me, let me rephrase that. A lot of kids who become fathers grow up with the idea that maybe one day my son will follow in my footsteps. And do what daddy did. And I hope that never fucking happens. My, I, I've said it on the show a few times. My son's not a huge wrestling fan. And the, and the more that I think about it, the happier I am about that fact. Because there's nothing about this that's fucking any good. And I'm in this. I'm in this. There's nothing I can do about it. I'm hooked. I'm a part of that group that fucks it up for everybody. Because I'm going to watch it regardless. I admit it. And I'm shamed by it, to be honest with you. I wish I had the willpower to just let it go. I wish I could turn off 38 years of fandom and just go away because it's just so bad. But I can't. I can't. I keep hitting my eye on that doorknob and blaming it on myself. I keep, you know, I I, I keep abusing myself with this shit because I don't fucking care. The only time I am ever happy is when I'm watching any of the old shit. Any any old shit. I would watch a fucking two out of three falls 90 minute Broadway from 1947 right now before I sit down and watch any of this shit. Any of it. And I know people are going to hear this and they're going to go ugh, he's just getting older. No, I... Is there an element to that? Maybe. I can't rule it out, right? I mean, that would be stupid of me to sit here and say, no, it's not because I'm old, it's just bad. Because that's what every old person would say. It's not me, it's the brand, it really is bad. But at the same time, I'm not even saying a lot of this stuff is bad. I don't fucking care. I'm not fucking invested. And they've done nothing to invest me in said product. There's a lot of people who are in the industry right now who can't cut a promo, can't tell a story, who who can't get you verbally and bring you into their world. They can't do it. And because of that, all this shit is for nothing. All the flips, all the dives, all the, all the broken bones, all the bleed outs, it's all for nothing. Because if you can't reach an audience with it, you know, how many times did we see Piper bleed? How many times did we see Dusty bleed? How many times did we see Flair bleed? Austin, Brett, Sean, Taker, Hunter, Cena, Edge, Brian. How many times did we see all these guys, and I, and I still say this to this day, Brian, Daniel Bryan, is the last of the Mohegans. The last, he, he is one of the last ones that I've ever seen get a reaction that is real and genuine and a true babyface reaction and presents a character that people can relate to and provides people with stories that they can follow. This main event from WrestleMania, the Reigns, Edge, and Daniel Bryan, one of the most exciting things I've seen in forever. I never thought for once in my life I would be sitting here telling everybody I can't wait for Edge to get back so I can get some fucking storylines. Because apparently of all the active competitors, he's the only one that knows how to fucking do it. Even Randy is fucking killing me. The shit with The Fiend. I'm over The Fucking Fiend. I don't care about The Fucking Fiend at all anymore. Less so about Alexa Bliss. If you go back to the beginning of my of the episodes that played when this thing really kicked off, I was digging it. Dave was digging it. It's over. It's past its expiration date. I don't fucking care. I don't fucking care. That's the, I guess that's the theme of the fucking show. Just named a bunch of, rattled a bunch of shit off right here. And, uh, yeah, this is a very frustrating episode, I guess. Maybe it's a good thing Dave wasn't here. I would have brought his whole day down. (laughs) This fucking bullshit. This depressing ass shit. It's just so sad. And for those of you who are listening to this and say, all right, well, you're in the business. What are you going to do to try to change it? I'm going to effort to do it on my end. I would like to start telling more stories and running more angles. It's just a matter of getting promoters to bite on it and pitching talent that you can trust to perform and to show up to do it. Because you need two people to tango. I manage a tag team. I'm more than willing to do programs and angles and all kinds of shit with other tag teams. But it's all a matter of getting the right team with the right chemistry And with the right level of commitment. If we can do that. We're in business. If not then. There's nothing we can do. Just got to keep pushing on. So. We're going to bring this to a close. But before we do. Two quick things. Uh, I want to. Well no not two quick things. I'll save the other thing for another time. But uh, I do want to send a shout out. To. uh, one of the best announcers I can remember, and I know people are going to tell me that, you know, he was the shits. I don't buy into that at all. I liked him. I liked his energy. I liked what he brought to the table. Don West, who was one of the original, actually, not even one of, I think he was the original color guy, was he not, for Total Nonstop Action, for TNA? Uh, way back when, at the at the very start, the Asylum days. I loved him. Even though he did a lot of screaming, which was why a lot of people say, well, he was a little over the top. He was awesome. Him and Mike today, I think to this day, are two of my favorite combinations uh, in wrestling. And that wasn't even during my, my childhood. That was in my uh, early adult life. And they were awesome. And some unfortunate news. Uh, he currently hosts a radio show on News Radio 560 KPQ, and uh, he recently uh, made a statement. I'll read it out to everybody there. Uh, hello, everybody. Don West here to tell you about how disappointed I am not to be talking about the Seattle Seahawks, the Mariners, the what is that? The Wenatchee Wild. I guess he's somewhere in the uh, Pacific Northwest here, and everything else that we love to talk about here on the uh, every day on the Don West Show. Many of you have wondered where I've been and why the show was on hiatus. So I went to share. So I want to share this news directly with you. I have been diagnosed with a brain lymphoma, and will begin immediate treatment. I want to thank my wife Terry for love and support, and my family, and everyone that works at Cherry Creek Media and KPQ. I also want to thank the Down West Show's incredible sponsors, and my friends, and all the prayers that are coming my way. I am praying the chemotherapy will help me heal faster, and hopefully I'll. Be back on the radio soon. Uh, can't wait until this is over and I can be back with you all again. I love you all. Don West. Uh, a lot of the people that are close to him have uh, taken to social media to let everybody know that he's been in fantastic spirits. He's keeping his positivity up. And I want to send out those good vibes uh, to Mr. Don West. And an inspirational story. Hopefully this will help Mr. Don West out Way back when, let me go back to the list here. I just had it up right here. Here it is. Episode 157. This is episode 193. So episode 157 I had an interview with a very, very good personal friend of mine, Eric Jaden. So let me see, 57 and this is 93. So almost 40 episodes, about 37 episodes ago. Uh, I brought him on. Because I, you know, he's an old friend of mine and we, we used to work together a bunch and I just want to talk wrestling with him. And when I had set up the deal for us to talk uh, during that conversation, that's when he hit me with the fact that he himself was dealing with some cancerous tumors in his body. And uh, as the story unfolded, I mean, he he, mentioned, he actually broke the news to his family and to his friends on my show. Episode 157. I was the only one, besides a handful of people, obviously those close to him, who knew about his situation, and we talked about it on the show. And uh, he was in a bad spot uh, at the time. He was much like Don. He had he was in good spirits, and he was uh, I mean low on energy, but he was trying to keep everything going good, and uh, and he pushed. That was a long time ago. And uh, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get him back on the show, but uh, it turns out his story has a bit of a happy ending here, as all of the cancer that is within Eric Jaden is now in full remission, and he his health has increased, I mean, tenfold, just daily. He's just getting stronger and stronger and stronger, and he's doing amazing. And I could not be happier for him. And I could not be prouder of him. And I know, and there's just proof, evidence, you know, when people say, hey, you can fight, you can fight, you can fight. Uh, you can fight. And uh, I'm glad to hear that uh, my friend is doing much, much better. And I, I don't know Don West personally, so I'm not going to call him a friend. But uh, he is somebody that I looked up to for a long time, especially as an announcer. Just for energy's sake. <laughs> Uh, you got you got to respect the guy 's game, and uh, he was really 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 good and I wish him well. And I hope that he uh, does uh, does come out of this okay so i 'm going to leave you guys now and i 'm going to try to go back into relax mode. Uh, clearly, I need it because i 'm depressing myself to the point where i 'm now depressing you guys, <laughs> so I apologize. Uh, my little cold open there really quickly. The uh, Canadian Goose line that I threw at the end. Letter Kenny. Let me tell you something. I'm addicted to this fucking show. I am addicted to this fucking show. I'm so angry that nobody fucking hooked me up to this show a long time ago. This shit has got nine seasons. And I'm learning about it now. So fuck everybody who kept it from me for so fucking long. But god damn it. Wayne, Derry, Dan, Katie, the whole crew. I'm fucking loving this show. About to go get me another dose of some... Hot Lenny Letter Kenny action! I can't wait. So next week we're back again, normal slot, normal time. Apologies, I'm I think this episode's going up on Sunday, uh, which is again not the normal time slot for it. So I apologize, but uh, we're gonna be back on schedule here. We're gonna start picking up some steam as we start heading more into the episode 200 category. Got some special things that I want to do. We'll see if we'll get a chance to do any of them. I know I say that before every big episode. Uh, I stopped the live shows specifically because of that. Because of just scheduling and making sure everything was alright. So as we get closer, um, I'll just tell you guys right now, I've got plans. We don't know what's going to happen. But guaranteed, um, whether I got to do it here or another, I want to do it at another location. But if it doesn't work out, I'll do it here episode 200 will be live it will be live i will have the comment section i will have the phone line the phone line died after a while we we we've been working on that we've got some good stuff going with that so we'll be able to uh we'll be able to instill that back into play the phone line so you guys will be able to call in we'll be able to hear your voice all kinds of cool shit so, uh, that is that is that. So, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for downloading. Thank you guys for sharing. And, of course, thank you guys for enjoying episode. Well, you know, you know what I was going to say? Enjoying episode 193. Did you guys really enjoy this? Because I think this was one of the more depressing episodes. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> this is why I think they, they needed to be here to, to get us out of this fucking funk. Because I am in a funk. I've been in a funk for weeks. So, I'm hoping to get the fuck out of it and uh hopefully my brother will be able if anybody can it's my brother so we'll we'll figure this out so uh happy father's day to everybody out there I forgot that tomorrow is father's day actually when this episode releases it'll be father's day so happy father's day to all you guys out there and um i'm gonna try to relax myself so yeah uh, goodbye everybody good night 100 episodes now pay him And make sure that you buy my husband's t-shirt at ProWrestlingTees.com slash A-J-O-U-N. Please, he needs this. Listen to my daddy's show. He's the best so I don't know.